these attractive characters, who they are, how they attract us. Yet in this book, Green is also mentioning the anti-seducer characters that we are going to talk about in this episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ophelia on Fire. I know it's been a while. And uh, yeah, here we are again, touching base and thank you so much for your support again. So in this episode, I really want to talk about the anti-seducers because we need to be aware of them. And I really love how Robert Greene is writing about them on his book. And we are going to go through all of them today and let's see if you recognize anyone or even if you recognize yourself in one of these characters. To me, seduction is influence, is a way to come closer to others and to share an uncommon experience with them. We all want to be seduced and we all want to seduce. And it's, it's a need that we express as humans. And we feel excited and thrilled when we are playing this seductive game. And seduction isn't only about mating and romantic relationships. It's also about building any kind of relationship in any group and how we build a community as well around us and how we communicate with others. It's very important to have strong connections with others because our survival is actually depending on that most of the time no one can survive alone and being around the right people is uh, very beneficial and also it's very helpful for our personal growth so in today's episode uh, i will love to read about the anti-seducers and their characteristics. So without any further ado, let's dive into that. And reading directly from the book The Art of Seduction of Robert Greene, um, I'm gonna uh, read all the characters and uh, hope you enjoy it. So, typology of the anti-seducers. Anti-seducers come in many shapes and kinds but almost all of them share a single attribute, the source of their repellence, insecurity. Yeah, insecurity is the number one uh, characteristic of any anti-seducer. We all are insecure and we, and we suffer uh, for it, yet we are able to um, surmount these feelings at times. A seductive engagement can bring us out of our unusual self-absorption and to the degree that we uh, seduce or we are seduced, we feel charged and confident. Anti-seducers, however, are insecure to such a degree that they cannot be drawn into the seductive process. Their needs, their anxieties, their self-consciousness closed them off. They interpreted the, the slightest ambiguity on your part as a, as a slide to their ego. They see the merest hint of withdrawal, withdrawal as a betrayal and they are likely to complain bitterly about it. It seems easy. Anti-seducers repel. 
So to be repelled, avoid them. Unfortunately, however, many anti-seducers cannot be detected as such at first glance. They are more subtle and un they're more subtle and unless you are careful, they will ensnare. I'm sorry, I don't know which this word. Ensnare. <laughs> okay. Uh, you in the most unsatisfying relationship. You must look for clues to their self-involvement and insecurity. Perhaps they are ungenerous or they argue with unusual tenancy or are excessively judgmental. Hmm. Perhaps they lavish you with undeserved price, praise, declaring their love before knowing anything about you. Love bombing. Or, most important, they pay no attention to detail. Since they cannot see what makes you different, they cannot surprise you with um, nonsense and tension. It is critical to recognize anti-seductive qualities, not only in others, but also in ourselves. Almost all of us have one or two of these anti-seducer qualities in our character and to the extent that we can consciously root them out, we become more seductive. A lack of generosity, for instance, need not signal an anti-seducer if it is a person's only fault, but an ungenerous person is seldom truly attractive. Seduction implies opening yourself up, even if only for the purpose of deception. Being unable to give by spending money unusually means and usually means being unable to give in in general. And I like this part because in Greece as well, we say that he or she who is stingy with money is also stingy with emotions. And it kind of makes sense if you're unwilling to give in any form, in any value, you cannot really commit or share your emotions as well. Um, stamp ungenerosity, uh, no, stamp ungenerosity out. It is an implement to power and engrossing in seduction. It is best to disengage from undeseducer early on before they sink their need tendencies into you. So learn to read the signs. And there are some main types. <clears throat> and there we go to the types of anti-seducers. I know you're going to love this. The brute. If seduction is a kind of ceremony or ritual, part of the pleasure it is its duration, the time it takes, the waiting that increases anticipation. Brutes have no patience for such things. They are concerned only with their own pleasure, never with yours. To be patient, it is to show that you are thinking of the other person, which never fails to impress. Impatience 
has the opposite effect. Assuming you are so interested in them, you have no reason to wait. Brutes offend you with their egotism. Underneath that egotism too, there is often a growing sense of inferiority, that if you spoon them or make them wait, they overreact. If you suspect you are dealing with a brute, do a test, make that person wait. He or her response will tell you everything you need to know. Basically, it says that he who is impatient to wait, it's also a bit of insecure because it's driven by FOMO and also lack of options and it gives a sense of scarcity mindset. And, you know, we all know these kind of people, you know, they are so impatient, they, have, they want everything at the moment and the reason they want that is because they want they don't believe they're going to find it anywhere else so moving forward to the suffocator i think i'm gonna call them love bombers <laughs> so suffocators fell in love with you before you were even half aware of their existence mm-hmm the trait is deceptive. You might think they have found you overwhelming, but the fact is they suffer from an inner void, a deep well of need that cannot be filled. Never get involved with the suffocators. They're almost impossible to free yourself from to free yourself from without trauma. They cling to you until you are forced to pull back whereupon they smother you with guilt. We tend to idealize a loved one, but love takes time to develop. Recognize suffocators by how quickly they adore you. To be so admired may give a momentary boost to your ego, but deep inside you sense that their intense emotions are not related to anything you have done. Trust his instincts. A subvariant of a suffocator is a doormat, a person who slavishly imitates you. Spot these types early on by seeing whether they are capable of having an idea of their own. An inability to disagree with the inability to disagree with you it is not such a good sign. And moving forward to the <clears throat> moralizer. Seduction is a game and should be undertaken with a light heart. <clears throat> All is fair in love and seduction. Morality never enters the picture. The character of the moralizer, however, is rigid. These are people who follow fixed ideas and try to make you bend to their standards. They want to change you, to make you a better person, so they can endlessly criticize and judge that is their pleasure in life. In truth, their moral ideas stem from their own unhappiness and mask their desire to dominate those around them. Their inability to adapt and to enjoy makes them easy to recognize. Their mental rigidity may also be accompanied by a physical 
stiffness. It is hard not to take their criticism personally, so it's better to avoid their presence and their poisoned comments. And we all know who these people are. These are the people who they want us to be better. They really are hard, trying very hard to um, help us without us asking for any help. And yeah, sometimes it uh, comes from their own insecurity and their own lack of flexibility, I would say. The moralizers, beware of the moralizers. Then, the tight what? Um, I think it's called tight what? Tight what? <laughs> Please correct me. I am all uh, totally unaware of this word. I it's the first time I see it. <laughs> so this actually is the stinginess we talked about before. Cheapness signals more than a problem with money. It is a sign of something constricted in person's character, something that keeps them from letting go or taking a risk. It is the most anti-seductive trait of all. Wow. <laughs> uh, yes, I will agree. And you cannot allow yourself to give in to it. Most tightwads do not realize that they have a problem. They actually imagine that they that when they give someone some uh, something, uh, they are being generous. Like they feel like if they give something super super small, they are actually being generous. Take a hard look at yourself. You are probably cheaper than you think. And I am talking generally about you and me and everybody. We do tend to do these things. Sometimes we are cheap. Like I don't know. Maybe sometimes I am cheap. Maybe sometimes I've met people who are cheap. And I actually don't like them that much. <laughs> um, try giving more freely of both your money and yourself and you will see the seductive potential in selective generosity. Of course, you must keep your generosity under control. Giving too much can also be a sign of desperation, as if you're trying to buy someone. So at this characteristic of the anti-seducer, I would say being cheap is not seductive at all. I mean, nobody likes a cheap person. And also, on the other hand, being too generous, it is making people uncomfortable. And for you who are going on first dates and um, you basically, <laughs> you were like, oh, who's going to pay on the first date? I would say it should come from one person like either you go out with someone and invite them it's nice and allow also people to invite you so in my personal opinion i think it's nice to give um it's nice to give to your friends it's nice to give to people that you care about it's nice to invite them once in a while i mean come on like 20 euros won't make you uh rich or less poor, I don't know. So it's nice just to give this um, sense of, you know, kind of giving, like give. And also Robert Greene says about uh, selective generosity. So don't overdo it, 
but just be willing and open to the idea. Next one is the bubbler. Bubblers are self-conscious and their self-consciousness heightens your own. At first, you may think they are thinking about you and so much so that it makes them awkward. In fact, they are only thinking of themselves, worrying about how they look or about the consequences for them of their attempt to seduce you. They, their worry is unusually contagious. Soon you are worried too about yourself. Bubblers rarely reach the final stage of seduction. But if they get that far, they bundle that too. In seduction, the key weapon is boldness, refusing the target the time to stop and think. Bumblers have no sense of timing. You might find it amusing to try to train or educate them, but if they are still bumblers past a certain age, the case is probably hopeless. They are incapable of getting outside themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have any comment here because I don't think I've met any of these people. I don't know. But if you have met one of these people or you recognize something about yourself, let me know. And moving to the windbag. I love this word, windbag. <laughs> the most effective seductions are driven by looks, indirect actions and physical lures. Words have a place, but too much talk will generally break the spell. Heightening surface differences and weighting things down. People who talk a lot <laughs> most often talk about themselves. They have never acquired that inner voice that wanders. Am I boring you? To be a windbag is to have a deep-rooted selfishness. Never interrupt or argue with these types that only fuels their wind battery. <laughs> At all costs, learn to control your own tongue. Yeah, well, I will agree with that point. Uh, talking too much, it is definitely not attractive. And sometimes I caught myself talking too much, maybe because I feel awkward or, I don't know, I feel like that's my way to come closer to people. But I've met people who are talking so much that I just want them to stop talking and leave. And I remember a case when I was, um, I think I was around 20 or 19 years old, 19. And I, I've met a friend of mine and um, he was talking so much that literally every time I was meeting him, I had a headache. And not only he was talking too much, but he was trying to also be funny and was saying something and now he was laughing and he was waiting for me to laugh as well but i was like i honestly missed everything <laughs> what you said because you said so many things so it, it was like it was energy draining so people who talk too much they are energy drainers so don't <laughs> go to them <laughs> or and don't be one of them so um and moving forward to the reactor Reactors are far too sensitive, not to you, but their own egos. 
their compu your every word and action for sign of a slight to their vanity. If you strategically back off, as you sometimes must in seduction, they will brood you and lash you and lash out at you. They are prone to whining and complaining, two very anti-seductive traits. Test them by telling a gentle joke or story at their um, their ex expense. We sh we should all and be able to laugh at, at ourselves a little, but the reactor cannot. You can read the resentment in their eyes. Erase any reactive qualities in your own character. They unconsciously repel people. So I would say main anti-seductive personality traits, uh, apart from being insecure, and like we all know, we don't we don't like insecure people. I mean, of course, we all are insecure, and we all hold our insecurities. Insecurity is not attractive. Like we can sense it. Like you can sense the insecurity. You can sense the neediness in people. You can sense their um their thirst for attention. And yes, these are things that we all share. And of course, we all need attention. And of course, we all need um people to like us. But sometimes the insecurity it's. It's coming from within, from the belief that we are not good enough. So that's how we project our insecurities and we kind of seek of external validation to confirm that we are worthy, we are good enough and all that. Um, of course, we've all been insecure, like I've been insecure, but as I grow older, I don't really care anymore. I kind of, I came to terms that I really like who I am. And I'm not convincing anybody else to like me. People who like me, they like they will like me whatever, you know. And people who won't like me, won't like me anyway. Like even if I try to make them like me, they won't. So, and the other uh, undeductive personality trait is, uh, apart from being cheap, um, it is to complain. <laughs> and um, talk too much and also kind of take everything personally like don't take everything personally we we should be able to laugh um, at ourselves and kind of take things like hard that it's never so serious and i think i'm moving to the um, last character the bulgarian not bulgarians <laughs> don't misunderstand me they're vulgarian it's with v vulgarians are inattentive to the details and that are so important in seduction you can see this in their personal appearances their clothes are tasteless by any standard and in their actions they do not know what is sometimes better to control oneself and you refuse to give in to one's impulses. Bulgarians will blab saying anything in public. They have no sense of timing and they are rarely in harmony with your tastes. Indiscretion is a sure sign of a Bulgarian, talking to others of your affair, for example. It may seem impulsive, but 
its real source of their radical selfishness, their inability to see themselves as others see them. More than just avoiding Bulgarians, you must make yourself their opposite. That style and attention to detail are basic required requirements for a seducer. And these were the anti-seductive characters as Robert Greene is listing them in his book, The Art of Seduction. And it kind of makes sense, like all these characters, I mean, some of them you can, I mean, I recognize some of them to people that I know, some of those characteristics I recognize them in myself. And the reason that he is listing these characteristics is not to judge anyone, like to my personal opinion, but to make sure that um, we can recognize these traits to improve ourselves and also if we see these to other people to remove ourselves from them so they don't influence and they don't drain our energy. It's quite important to build, uh, to build better and, and stronger relationship with others. So what I like about this book is like Robert Greene is basically teaching me everybody who is in this book how to be a people magnet and not a people repeller. And I will leave you with this thought. I will leave you with this uh, thought of trying to be a people magnet and avoid to be a people repeller. And I'll see you next time. Thank you.